Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a show for 20-somethings that are trying to figure out adulting. I'm your host, Justin Peters. Each episode, we focus on solving a problem that we will face throughout this defining decade that wasn't covered in the classroom. This could include topics about our career, health, relationships, and money. Let's get into it. My childhood was filled with this constant need for play. I remember playing a lot of backyard sports and fictional quest games that we just made up on the fly. I always had a sense of adventure. As I got older though, I found myself losing touch with that. I'm all about high achievement activities, but I also wanted to allow myself to do things just for the simple fact that they put a smile on my face. I found getting back to the baseline of play and adventure way more challenging than I thought it would be. Speaking with friends, I've learned that having fun as an adult is difficult for many of us. I thought this would make for an interesting topic on The Struggle is Real, and I invited my friend Tyson Bankert to join me in this conversation. Tyson knows a whole lot about fun. He spent many years working at an after-school program where he was responsible for creating opportunities for kids to have fun. Tyson decided to use that skill set for adults and started the company Recess Calgary, where he creates an environment for grown-ups to take a break from adulting. I'm hoping that this conversation sparks the desire to build more play into your life. Tyson also shares timely advice on how to be a better facilitator, being attuned to inclusion, and creating a personal slogan that you can live by. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the whimsical and adventurous man they call Coach T, Tyson Bankert. We're covering a great topic today that I've actually been dancing around in my head quite a bit, and that's the sense of play. And so many so many 20-somethings start to lose their identity around play. And I, I love that you created this organization called Recess Calgary, and you use the word recess because that brings me back to a very specific time and moment in my life. So let's start there. Let's start with a fun and whimsical question. What kind of recess kid were you? Did you run straight to the sports fields, hit the playground, join Foursquare? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have always considered myself a troublemaker. And so the idea of just like, it's like, whether like, I was having the kid who like organized people to like come together and usually it was grounders or something to that, to that effect. And that's kind of where I, th- I feel like I was within like in, in the uh, social hierarchy, I guess, of recess was definitely someone who has tried to like, lead games and, 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 and play. And also I always found myself the, the kind of kid who wanted to include people as well. And I just, I, I always remember being like, having like the kids who were, considered like not not cool to be around always wanting me to like be partner with them and me being like sure I'll do it and like I was like I wanted to do that but also I was always like but I want to like hang out with my 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 friend or or whatever but I was always sort of that like the uh, access point I think to those kids did you say grounders what is that grounders yeah um maybe it's like a canadian thing i'm not sure but basically it's a game. So you definitely probably have heard of it. Maybe it's called something yep. else. But Grounders is basically you're on a on a play um, on a uh, on a jungle gym or what have you. And if you touch the ground, usually there's gravel on the ground. So if you hear that, you can say Grounders. Um, and sorry, if you're the tager, your your eyes are closed and you're trying to like catch people. If you hear someone on the ground, then you should call Grounders. If they're on the ground, then then they're now in. Oh, interesting. So you basically you run around the playground. Uh, with your eyes closed, which obviously is not very smart, but it's totally important, and to the game. And if you hear someone, then you, then you call grounders. Maybe people might call it lava. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. The, the floor uh, is lava. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. a combination of that. Plus uh, there's a pool game called fish out of water. And it seems like the rules are very similar to that, where you can get out of the pool and run and jump into the other side of the pool. But if they call fish out of water while you're out of the pool, exactly. then, then you're exactly. now it. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it sounds like you couldn't get enough of organizing recess and you decided to continue doing that in a part-time, full-time job as an after-school program programmer um, with, with uh, kids. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience and the time period that you ended up doing that? Yeah, so I mean, even from like, you know, even earlier than that, like uh, when I was like, you know, nine, 10, I would go to camp and stuff like that. And so I always saw like, you know, people older than me, but older, they're like 13, 14, <laughs> but they're like, you know, leading these like field wide field games and all that kind of stuff. So I always really loved that, especially when I, um, as a camper. Uh, so anyway, that, like that definitely was an interesting, like uh, model for me. Uh, but then, but specifically like the paid position, I started, maybe I was like, uh, 16, 17. And then I, I worked there for like, I was maybe 23, 24. Um, uh, and that was like a part-time gig. And so I ran a couple of programs, um, for the, for, for the municipality, uh, running games and stuff like that for, for, for an after-school basically program. And then also during the summer times, I would be, um, a day camp leader or, and over time, every summer, I would my position would be more with more more responsibility. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where where it started, and I've always sort of enjoyed the that dynamic of 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 leading, but then also like just like having fun with kids and just like being really playful and um, and like I don't know, I was always kind of like the cool leader in the sense of like I was always like like let's not make this so super structured. And just have as much fun as possible. And I know I'm like kind of like it's a little like I'm the cool leader, but I definitely was. Uh, I still run into like people now who I guess at that time were like now 20s who are like, hey, I can remember you and like blah, blah, blah. And they're like, say, they, they remember me, which I always find That's is really cool. interesting. And which is it's a demonstration of like that kind of impact is always like you never really see it in the moment. And then it's like long, like you, you get you get that return much later on for sure. At a much smaller scale, I did fourth grade camp, which was like four or five days. And it was a really unbelievable experience. And I did it similar to you as well. I was a fourth grade camper and I saw the high schoolers that volunteered to come and be the counselors or mentors or um, chaperone, mm -hmm. whatever, it, whatever their, their title was. And I was like, I want to do that. Like whenever I am capable of doing that, I will totally do it. Totally. And then I got the opportunity yeah. my junior year of high school to go and do it. And, and luckily I did, because it's the very last year that they brought on high school mentors to, to do that. And it was such a blast going mm -hmm. back to that experience and getting to be on the flip side. And then, um, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, yeah, it was such, such a blast. And I'm like looking back and now remembering some of that, it brought up a, a, a some really great feelings and emotional feelings. But for you, you spent somewhere between six and eight years in this role. And it seemed like that was pretty emotional leaving it. I saw a Instagram post that you posted about leaving that opportunity. Um, was that a tough, I, I mean, maybe not a tough decision for you to leave and to, to kind of move on and, and start, I don't know, your career, but it seemed like it was tough to leave that chapter behind. Um, I don't know if I necessarily, um, no, not, not really. Cause it was sort of the end of like university days too. And so there was sort of like this, like sense of like wanting to transition to a lot of things. So at that time I had like three jobs. I was moving to somewhere like uh, moving to a, a different, um, uh, a neighborhood. And I, had, I think I'd also was about to go to Spain, all like, or somewhere for a while. 
And so it was just like a very like organic, natural, like time to like transition. Um, and I felt like, yeah, like quitting here and quitting there and moving, shifting makes sense. Uh, and so I think in that regard, it, it wasn't too, too um, sad. And also I lived like at that point in my life, I lived like 40 minutes away from, from my working. So I was like, why am I doing this every like once a week <laughs> to like keep the gym membership and to like, and to do that for, for the week. So, and it was really cool too, because like in the same breath that you saw, like there were now at that time, there were kids who've been at that age where they're like, Oh, I, I want to come back as like a volunteer. And then as a junior leader, and then as like a, what up, what have you. And so I think it was really a natural fit for other people to take that space. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, that was kind of like pretty cool. Mm, interesting. So then you go on and create this awesome organization called Recess Calgary. Can you explain a little bit if, if somebody approached you at, at a party and you started telling them or explaining them to about Recess Calgary, how do you explain it or say what it is? Yeah, so Recess Calgary is an opportunity for adults to play like the way they used to. So that looks like playing tag, um, sorry, playing tag, playing grounders maybe, uh, uh, playing capture the flag and really having fun and being silly. And so I'm the facilitator our coach T and I sort of help guide folks in that process of, of play. Um, you mentioned duck, duck goose, or I make up my own games from games from that I played, um, back in the day. Um, but also, um, new games. I've just kind of thought of based on kind of who I know is coming, uh, and just try and really, um, uh, mix it up every once in a while. Like I've done like riddle nights I've done, you know, we just coloring as a sort of an, opening activity, so really finding things that were reminiscent of childhood and being in a space where you can participate and play. So what was the impetus behind that? Why did you decide to, to focus in that aspect? Uh, well, I mean, two, two things. One was I've always, uh, thought that would be a really fun, creative thing to be part of. Um, and there wasn't anything like that particularly here in where I live. And so I thought, well, and then also like the scaling piece of like just starting it made really easy sense. Like as a kid, there's like probably a few things I need to buy in terms of equipment, renting gym rentals, not that hard. And like fine insurance, like it was, it was easy enough to like, I could see where all the dots sort of fit. So like in that regard, it was like, well, oh, this is a really easy um, uh, business uh, to, to start off. Uh, and then also, and then also just like, yeah, like I really want to, I, I was, I do a lot of facilitation in other areas around community development. And so that's, that's where most of my contracts and skills are. And so I thought this would be a really great opportunity for me to do my own thing without sort of like maybe different expectations or uh, I can kind of have free reign to kind of do what I want. And also sort of like be the kid back in the day, just like bringing people together and having fun. How has the reception been so far? Are people excited? Do you see a lot of new people joining or people coming back that are frequent guests? Yeah. So, I mean, in this, so, I mean, and with the, with the pandemic, it's been two years where it's been like rough to sort of start. Yeah. I'm sorry but, that you got to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. So I, so part of that was just like, I think I just need to maybe take a little bit of a pause. Uh, and so now, like, like, as I said, like on the last couple of days where I live, has there been any real like opportunity to kind of think, okay, like, long-term, this maybe might be able to start up again. And even then I'm still kind of like crossing my fingers. So uh, we'll see kind of as we get closer to the summertime. Uh, but yeah, like initially uh, it was, yeah, like it was more like just 
inviting all the people I knew and be like, hey, like, this is like the premiere night, like, come on out, like, blah, blah, we're starting. And that was really good. You know, people were really receptive to my idea. And like, when I talk, tell people about Bobby's house, like, oh, wow, that's so much fun. And they have like their own ideas about what, what it might look like. I'm like, yeah, you should come on out on Friday night or Saturday morning or what have you uh, when we play. And so everyone's really loves the idea. And I, I know how to get a, do a good press release. And so when I first initially uh, launched it, a lot of people did get attention uh, from media about it. And uh, which was kind of quite exciting because I was like, oh, sweet. Like people are interested, what have you. Like I, people heard it on the radio and I was on the news and stuff like that. People just are looking for something to like, that's fun, right? And like seeking something new and nostalgic. And so that was sort of, so that, so yeah, there was a lot of good energy around that. And yeah, people came out every, 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 every week. I uh, usually had about 10 to 12 people. And over the course of the time, there was definitely in the neighborhood that I'm, that I host recess in, it's definitely like a younger crowd. It's like the, it's like the place to be uh, in the city. And so there was definitely a group of people who lived nearby that became sort of ongoing uh, participants. And then, and then there was, you know, always extras that kind of popped in. Sometimes I would get my friends who were like, Hey, like I'm interested to come or whatever. I'm like, come out. Like you keep saying you're, you're going to come. So like, <laughs> just do it. Right. And that was always, uh, so there was, but there has had been times where like, I was like, Oh, maybe only three people are going to show up to this week. Like, Ugh. but then that, but also though, those nights have were also really, really great too. And so, uh, yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it was kind of a little bit of, of, of a roller coaster. And then also just with my other jobs too, like with my other uh, work that I was doing, it always felt like pretty easy to, like I was always facilitating and people were always talking about, hey, like Tyson, what are you doing? Or questions or whatever. And so I had a lot of opportunity where it felt natural to like invite people to recess or talk about recess without it being like, hey, this is like, here's my business card. It was just sort of just organic. So it was helpful in that way. And definitely it's all about kind of who you, who, you know, and, and, and that, in that invite, right. Like, like helping people see themselves sort of in that space without ever really knowing like, what is duck, duck goose? Like, that's not like, you know, like no one's coming to duck, duck goose. They're coming to like this open. That's like, it's like, they're, I honor the fact that people are coming into the space, not really knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't even really describe what we're doing each week because that doesn't make any like, like, like for you, you asked me what Grounders is. And I was like, if I were to play, like, no one would know. So it's just like, come in, be open and being uh, super willing to, to play and have fun uh, is kind of like the, the real hook for folks, which can be hard too, right? If you're not really used to it. So that's sort of that, be like, ah, I love this idea, but like, do I really want to go all my, out of my way to like go and do that? So part of that has been trying to sell, start doing social media stuff, videos and all these things, which takes a little bit more money, a little bit more time. I'm not, d- definitely not my forte in terms of like wanting to like spam people per se. Uh, but that's definitely where uh, some of that traction has come through. And then t- to kind of keep going on with that question, you know, I got the attention of a couple of bigger names, bigger, like, I don't know if you like sports check, for example, which is like a big sports brand here in Canada. If you're yeah, Canadian tire, all the, there's like yep. an FGL. Anyway, they, they, all, they run a b- bunch of things. So they asked me to do a couple of events here in Calgary and in Toronto. Uh, which is a lot bigger and which is like fun. I was like, yeah, sure. Please yeah, pay me a bunch of money. I'll show up, play recess there. You guys can use my, use my, my, you know, face or whatever for, for your stuff. And uh, so that was like, so that was, that, that was good because then other people, when I come back home being like, Hey, like, they were like, we want to promote like your events uh, through like the sports check brand. So like, how do we, 
Like what, like, what does that look like? And so there was some more attention there. And then, yeah, and then throughout, you know, a few things here and there, but for the most part, it's been, been really good to invite folks uh, and just like that one-on-one. Let's double back to an idea that you were starting to lean into. And that's this like ambivalence that some of the people that show up feel towards mm. recess. And you use two words actually in particular in the same sentence, which are a little bit of a dichotomy, you said new and novel or new and nostalgic, which is interesting because the concept of yeah. recess is nostalgic in the sense of we did it as a kid, but new as in the sense of I haven't done that in so long. It totally. feels kind of brand yeah. new to me, which is so interesting. Um, was there ever a period in your life where you felt like you kind of lost that sense of play about yourself? And I'm imagining that so many people get reignited or find that spark again whenever they show up to a recess event? Mm -hmm. For me, not really necessarily, because I find that even with doing like, so I guess I've always been around children for the most part, maybe in the last, like well, maybe the last couple of years. And so with my, with, um, I'm including the job that I had at the city where I was a day camp leader and, and, and led those things. I also did like respite care. And so we were just like, I just had like, uh, you kids who would, I would drive and pick up and we'd go and do fun events in, in around the city. And so I still once in a while will do that. Uh, and, um, that's always like, I don't know, it, it keeps me grounded to like, like the kids of the, of the day, you know, where I'm like, like, I always think like, it's so easy to just kind of forget. Like, like I know a lot of people in, in their thirties who maybe don't have their own children, don't have any children or kids in their life that are just like, you're exposed to that kind of like dynamic. And so I, so I've always had opportunities to like be playful and fun. And for my own like outlets, I think are always sort of just like very childlike. Do you find that important to maintain that feeling? Yeah, I, I really do. Because prior to starting recess, if you had asked me if I was a creative person, I wouldn't, I would say, I would have said no. And since starting this, I would say I'm definitely a creative person in the sense that like I'm creating these ideas or I'm like, or like when I think of like the things I do for wellness, it's it's a little bit more um, hands-on and tactile and just like relaxing that I wouldn't have that I think in some ways are like a creative outlet for me, even though I'm not like painting or doing like traditional forms of like creativity, which is also like putting creativity in a box anyway. So, but yeah, um, so that, I don't know. So I've never really felt that dynamic that you're speaking to, but I definitely think a lot of people that have come to recess definitely do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, then I try and really capture that like familiarity piece. Like you actually have done this before. You've just sort of lost that sense of, of whimsy and, and um, connection in this way to your body and also to how you relate to people. And so I find for some folks that can be really difficult to get there. So for example, sometimes what I'll do is I'll have like a mole in the recess where it's like, it's a friend of mine who are friends of mine who just sort of get it naturally. And I'll be like, okay, like I will kind of co-lead with them in that sense of like kind of create the space to help people uh, feel easier to actually get to what I hope for is that is that real play and wellness. Mm. You're so intentional about creating community and being thoughtful around that dynamics, kind of setting the intention right from the get-go. I know it seems like you're at least a fairly big reader as well. And two books around this topic of creating community that seem like have left a decent impact on you, both the art of gathering, which I picked up recently, actually I'm on like awesome. page 60 or 70 right now. So, um, cool. 
it's giving me a lot of great reminders around creating how I want to create different gatherings, everything from um, my professional life to my personal life, but also mm-hmm. this book, Culture, Culture Code, um, mm-hmm. yeah. a- another great one. I think there's like three pillars in there. I wrote them down, uh, build safety, share vulnerability, and establish purpose. And it seemed like you were really intentional with recess around each one of those. What did you learn or take away from Culture Code that you're now putting into your practice with Recess Calgary? All of them in the sense that like when we talk about like building safety, I think that's something that like specifically is really important to have people. Okay. So like one of the things that I think that makes people maybe feel not unsafe, but uncertain about their participation is their ability to participate. So, so often uh, like people will come to recess thinking that it might be, so like, I don't know. I like, this is like, I'm, I'm fairly, you know, I work out all the time. People are like, Oh, like this is this guy. He's like a personal trainer guy. Like, well, yeah. he's going to like make us do these things. I'm like, no, like, actually I'm really not like, I actually want to, like, I can do all those things if that's what we want to do, but that's not really what we're here for. And part of that I think is, is helping people feel safe to participate. And so oftentimes people might come to things like I said, I want to honor the fact that people are coming to this thing, not coming in, not, not really knowing what to expect. And so part of that is like, trying to create a culture where maybe in some ways like competition isn't super important to Mm. this. Like recess is not necessarily about people. I mean, there is like, there's like sometimes a winner, but like, it's not, it doesn't matter, Uh, (laughs) you know? And, and, and so for me, I really try to ensure like, Hey, like that's been maybe a part of ways in which people might feel like, I guess, unsafe or uncertain about their participation. Cause like that's, that matters in, in that particular space versus this, it doesn't like, the idea of me is trying to push people like, you know, I've gone to spin class. I've gone to these like done cross for all that stuff. It's like, go harder, go more. Blah. Yeah. And it's like, I, that actually, first of all, that doesn't motivate me, but also it doesn't, uh, that's not kind of the space I, I, I want to create. I'm not going to like play harder, like <laughs> be more fun, like laugh more. Like it doesn't, like it doesn't just come into space and be yourself. And how do I help you do that? And so part of that is like building on those connections as well. Uh, like, making sure like I say hello to everybody mm. and like the last person that I, that I say hello to, I introduce that to the new person that I don't know, or maybe I do know. So smart. And just trying to like create that like cohesion. Um, and then one thing I, I learned throughout the process, is, like, oh, yeah, people need to like stretch. <laughs> like I, as someone who like does that daily and all, and that kind of like some people coming to space being like, oh, I don't know, like I've never done this before. And so I had to like kind of taper that yeah. back. No doubt. What about the vulnerability piece? I maybe that kind of goes hand in hand with the safety aspect. Like you are creating this this community or this this safe space to um, that will hopefully eventually, I guess, lead into vulnerability. It seems like they kind of come in timid whenever they're first starting your events, and then they like walk out like arms over each other, like ready totally. to go, like hang out afterwards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think like vulnerability is really important to me, and then I, and and so I always tell people like it's not it's not the grades. Like I'm not grading anybody. And so the real value in the play is the wellness piece of taking a break. Mm-hmm. This is your opportunity to just take a break from life and being an adult, like adult and like adulting is hard. And uh, that for me, I think in that vulnerability play space of if you need to take a break because you're like, oh, wow, this actually is tiring me or I just want to watch what's going on. Do that. Uh, no one's judging you. There's no, and I mean, I get that there's, and there's, and there's people who, uh, you know, we'll say, oh, like this is no judgment-free zone. And yet then there's the expectation though to 
get somewhere in in that in that field. like the only thing that i'm asking pe- people to do is if they want to, if they want to participate hmm. like you can watch you can do whatever like there's no there's no other expectation uh and so and i will and i'm and i i think i can and as a facilitator i can manage the space enough like to ensure that everything we do is still going, going to be fun like even if it's like me deciding you know i'm going to be the taker for the next 10 minutes i can physically just do that if no one else wants to do it that's fine and so knowing like that people can just like opt in or opt out is really important and that's part of what being an adult adult is that you can just opt it like now like recess is like an option versus something where you were like forced to do because there were probably kids who didn't want to do, do do recess at all growing up and that 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 sense of vulnerability there or creating that that like you, you can just do that is 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 important and i think one other thing about vulnerability that i do find that there is certain people who who come who are just kind of like get it like they're kind of quirky they're a little like they're a little just like they're, they're just they're a little different they're they're my kind of folks but they're they're bit they're they they appreciate what I'm trying to put out there. Yeah. And so they can be silly and goofy. And it's always kind of fun to see people respond to how goofy and silly they're, how they're participating. Like I used to recall this one girl, she would like, anytime she was having fun, she'd like snort. <laughs> and it was just like hilarious to me. But like part of it, she was like, she was kind of like embarrassed at first, but I was like, no, like, like whatever like i actually i typically don't do that whatever i don't know what's gonna like, but you know if that if that's a sign that you're having fun and being and what you are like lean into that like it's totally fine and we're not and like the goal is that that's this is something that's just like it's like a, a quirky thing thing that you're do, doing it's not for all that quirky like there are people who do all the time but like that is just it's it's totally fine it's it's that kind of space to just be yourself so many people well there's kind of two camps i think there's like the gym class hero camp that uh, their favorite subject was recess quickly followed behind PE and Mm -hmm. that are probably in the competitive rec leagues and and doing a bunch of things. And then I feel like there is a large subset of people that also felt like uh, outcasts when it came to recess and they never Mm -hmm. really found their groove. And I love that I feel like you are thinking about inclusion and incorporating them and even something as simple as it's not maybe you're not leaning into competitive games as much as you are leaning into collaborative games. And um, I think that's really fascinating. Or you routinely volunteer yourself first if there is a particularly vulnerable role within inside of the games that you're hosting. I love that aspect to um, recess. And I'm, I'm assuming that is very, very intentional in your mind. Yeah, like, I mean, for me, it's all about like that cooperation and how do I help support that? So like the gym class heroes, like I am a gym class hero. Yeah. I know like I, I am. And but I also know that, like, for example, if like and it, dep- it depends on the group, like back in November, I had a, a group of people who came who all were friends. They were, all, you know, they all they all played on, on, on sports teams together, what have you. And so, yeah, we definitely had a lot more. There was definitely a bit more of an emphasis of like I, I could feel that I could feel that happening and so it was like okay like let's go here like everyone's comfortable with that level of like games that are a bit more like you know we had like we played a game where like um uh, pins not pins uh close pins were, were, were attached to people so like part of that is a little bit more rough that you have to like grab them and like do a whole thing and and so i think that for me was like and that was okay but there, that that game particularly would not have maybe gone well with half of the other group maybe who were didn't know each other 
and who just didn't like vibe with that level of energy. And then I think for me, for example, there'd be something in that if we did play that game, there'd be a dynamic there where I'm sort of holding a little bit more responsibility and how the people who aren't comfortable maybe as to like ensure that that's equal. And so sometimes that's me like tampering down the gym class hero where it's like, you know what? I can maybe like in some ways put you in your place because I can like get you or whatever, take or whatever, right? Or if they're just like, you know, doing too much, (laughs) uh, read the room, right? And so it's like, okay, like I will, I, I will try and break that monotony, um, or not monotony, but just the that that sense of of of, of competition. Yeah. And uh, and then and then I think too to, to in your to your question about helping people uh, maneuver is in that cooperation sense is that even like when people are like oh yeah like go 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 or whatever we're doing like a relay game or whatever it's like, okay how do I make this now a little bit more difficult or put a spin on it that doesn't have doesn't demand that sort of sense of like, uh Oh, like it's my turn. Now I have to like perform. Um, how do I make it more like, you know, playful? Cause that's really what's more important and it's trying to like break that up. So you have a personal slogan. It is promote justice, edify others and befriend the lonely. And you initially told me that in our intro call. And I just assumed that was something that developed in the last one to three-ish years. So I was Mm -hmm. really surprised to find an Instagram post when you posted that exact slogan, and that was May 30th, 2013. So you have been thinking about and working on this slogan for eight, almost nine years now. Has Mm -hmm. those three segments, any piece of those changed in your mind over that, that time period or maybe expanded? How did that come together nine years ago? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like even longer than that, I've had that as like, uh, a slogan of mine, actually, of just like, this is how I'm like, this, like, there's things I value for me, like promote justice is, I think there's a lot of injustices in the world. And so like, how do I promote those types of like, of, of, of ways of like this, like by doing this small thing helps to at least counteract the system at times, or at least, like, what, like, what, like, what, what, what can we do? to like do that. And then edify others. Just like, I love having great conversations with people. I think I know I will leave this conversation feeling edified. Like there's a little bit of a spiritual element to that, but it's, it's just like, it, 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 you feel fulfilled in, in, in having good intellectual conversations with folks. Um, and then befriending the lonely is just people like, that's kind of what, what it sounds like. I think there's a lot of, can be a lot of lonely people in the world. And I've also felt that as well. And so part of that is like befriending them. Like what, like what can you do to like invite folks in who do feel a sense of loneliness. And so I've always, sort of felt like those are important things to me. And then also over the last, however, like since high school, really, is like those are things that have helped guide and shape what I do and how I act. But also it has helped. And and now it's like even part of my work too. Like I can get to, I get paid to align with my values um, as much as I possibly can, despite the fact that like labor is a whole other thing. (laughs) But yeah, so like I definitely am very much, um, so I'm really glad that I can be able to like do that. Um, And so, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that's, yeah. So it it has evolved for sure. Uh, I mean, and how can it not, right? Because there's all kinds of things that are going on. Uh, But I think as I get older, it's like has helped kind of ground me for sure. Definitely seems grounding. And less of, you were just mentioning, you get to do that in your work. I'm assuming having that personal slogan and always having that top of mind for you, the work didn't find you. I'm assuming you found the work, like that work kind of fit into to your 
I look at the slogan almost as your values, like what you are oh. are trying to to live towards, or or yeah. what's the things that are most important to you. Absolutely, yeah. Like those are, yeah, those are important to me, and I think I think it goes in tandem. Like I, in the sense of yes, these are my values, but then also I've have been able to find work that like helps to cultivate those things. So like, yes, there's recess, and then I also co lead a thing called community development learning initiative. I get to just like build community for folks and facilitate good conversations and host gatherings and just like enjoy. And then we, and we get, we, we get to work towards things that I think are really important, like anti-racism and social, social isolation and like city building and getting involved in, in these things that I think are ultimately about how people feel about the place that they live in. Was the snail project related to that or was that a recess project? Uh, a mashup of all kinds of things, uh, <laughs> but because uh, I also do some stuff around climate justice. So anyway, but the snail shell uh, was this big uh, shell that uh, my friend Son they made, and uh, I've been trying to get them to find ways to have that shell be around, be uh, seen. And so uh, because of the pandemic, things got pushed back, and so we were like, "How will we do this now? Like, how, how will we like figure it out? How to like promote?" Um, the shell and just like talk about taking a break and, uh, and and more to that like you know snails are slower they they we need to like, pace ourselves like what have we been learning in the last two years like have you had actually time to reflect on what's going on and so that's part of a piece about recess that I really want to try and get more involved in and work that I do in other ways uh, is like placemaking and so I'm calling it playmaking and like really it's just like creating um, infrastructure uh, or installations that help people engage in the space that, they, that they're in. And specifically what I want to be able to do is not only promote recess, but also just get people like interacting with like art and, and, and that childlike stuff before. Like I would love to have like a big, uh, I don't know, uh, just have like a random like water balloon fight or like yes. a big ball pit where people are, are participating and just, it just sits there. And like having people just like interact with, 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 with the public in that way would be really kind of cool to like start doing. And so. And in my city, particularly, there, there's there's a big initiative to uh, be part to like figure out what all of that could look like. Uh, and so I'm really excited to sort of see where that see see where that goes. Yeah, I'm so impressed how attuned you are to inclusion. Not even on the racial side, being a black man, I think that 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 makes sense, and and you'd probably be attuned to that. But something I I often overlook. In, in terms of inclusion is being an able body. And you, this experience or this story around this gym space that popped up, that was gonna be an awesome potential opportunity for you to host recess at. Um, you went and checked it out and quickly found out that it wasn't going to be a, right, a fit for you because of some accessibility issues. Can you expand on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, so I had an opportunity to, as you said, to like, host recess in in a, in a gym space uh that ultimately was like only accessed by like stairs because of like the way where it was built like it was a, it's old building from like the 40s so like they like these things weren't in place but anyway and so like i get that like it's not anyone's necessarily doing it's it's the built environment uh that so many of us um have the privilege not to think about and so i was like okay well i do believe in like inclu inclusivity like if by chance someone who couldn't access the, the program because of the steps, I guess we're just not doing it. Like that's just like hard stop is not going to work. And 
Um, and like, I didn't get pushback from that, but I was really just like, okay, like these are my values. Like I want to promote justice. So how do I counteract the narrative of just doing things because it's easy or, and like the reality is like, I mean, more often than not, um, someone who had physical barriers probably wouldn't choose to come to recess simply by the fact that they were like, does it make sense for me to like, what would, like, what would that look like? And I'm very much of, uh, Hey, like if you do, like, we will figure it out. Like mm-hmm. I, I like, cause, the, cause the goal isn't competition. Like the goal isn't to like, isn't to perform like everybody else. The goal is to just perform the way that you want. And so I guess I'm, so for me, it's very much like, Hey, like if this is something you want to do, but if you can't get into the door because of steps, like then I guess like that's on me, like that's my responsibility. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I mean, I, f- I find that there's a lot of things around inclusion that I'm trying to, uh, that I get the opportunity to actually practice a little bit and like sit with that discomfort too. Like, Oh, it's uncomfortable. I don't get to do that. Or thinking about like uncomfortable, not being able to hold space in that particular location or thinking about, you know, gender, like gender dynamics within my space or, um, yeah, just like trying to just reevaluate, uh, these sort of just common norms and values that we sort of share that we think are like cool and being like, okay, recess is a place to actually do that. I think of some of the people who come to recess very much, I think would be open and helpful to creating that kind of shift in culture. Like it wouldn't be like a big thing. Mm. Or if it, if it, it'd, be, it'd be appreciated. Man, you are impressive. Before we wrap up this conversation, love to know, I know you turned 30. How are you handling 30? This is something that we have spoken about a few times over the podcast over the last couple months. And mm. this hill that so many 20-somethings are afraid of, like it's like almost the, the end of the line for us. So I'd love to speak to uh, a, a recently turned 30-year-old on... Does anything really feel different? Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> I think life just like, I mean, maybe I, like, yeah, not, not really. I, I think if anything, there's a lot of great things about being older and that's not like being old. It's like being older means I feel like time you had to catch up or not catch up, but have time to figure out opportunities and things. So like in the work I do, it's like, oh, like this has only happened because I'm older and old enough to get to a place where like, oh, hey, I can, I can start recess. Like a decade ago, that wasn't something that I could have, could have done. Uh, and I wasn't even thinking about it, but I settled for like my like, job that I had or whatever, or even, um, you know, I mean, with time comes with, for some folks, money and things like that to like help build. And so I think in some ways, like it just sort of builds on top of, it just compounds, right? And uh, um, I think when we think of like, uh, age, I think we think of like physical health and like these sort of things, like oh, I'm deteriorating. But I mean, some of that can be really, I, I mean, retro, like you can retroact that by just finding opportunities to be more healthy. Um, and so, but then again, like also, like I feel like it depends on how people also see you. So, like, like just the other day, I like I was at the gym or whatever, and this guy was like talking, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, when you hit 30, and it's like, yeah, actually, like, I'm, like, I am 30. Uh, but, like, so, like, part of that is just, like, I think also how, pe- how people see me and thinking maybe I'm a bit younger, uh, and that's totally fine. And so I think I think there's a little bit of that. There's a lot of good thoughts in there. Of course, um, 
becoming 30, I hear, I hear thirties is your twenties just with, with more money. Um, and I think you could translate that to just more resources, like more connections, more money, of course, more more resources, more connection. You you have, you have a sense of skill set too. Like you've developed some skills that are useful that you can deploy. And most of all, you have a better sense of identity, both in terms of your value and and how you want to contribute to the world as well, which is starting to develop in myself as, um, when, as I got older through my twenties, I mean, my early twenties, I was just all over the place. Like. I was, I was thinking I was, my life was going to be dedicated towards this line. And then like a month later, I was like on to something else or over here on this path as well. Yeah. I, well, I think, I think that there's something, and I mean, obviously not every narrative is the same. Like I have friends and friends who are 30, who are still whatever, whatever that needs to figure it out. And then there's some people who, who definitely in some ways um, have it more figured out, but more because it's just, not just their personalities. Um but I think one of the things about in your 20s that uh, you get to, like, so like this, like, so for me, for example, I feel actually, so to answer your question about the, maybe that feeling of being 30 is that there's a little bit of like dread in the sense of like, oh, I could easily live my life for the next 50 years and it be, it's the same. It could be, it could be the same. I mean, life is never that way, but for the most part, it, it feels like there's a little bit more like, all right, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to live in the city. I'm going to do da, 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 da. And versus I think in my twenties, every year I was at a different, like I look back at my birthday and I'll like write down like what happened that year, what I'm looking forward to. And then, and every year was like, same, like different. Like I was never in the same place. I was never with the same person. I was never. Da, da, da. And so I was like, okay, why is that? But to your point, it's like you're figuring it out. And I feel like in, at this, for me, at 30 now, I feel like, okay, I'm a bit more, I don't feel like those, there's going to be these abrupt changes each and every year. But then I say that and like, that's not true either. Like I'm coming up to 31 and I'm going to be in a different house. I have like, unfortunately, like my dog passed away, like things that were, 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 were I think are consistent things in my life aren't going to be there next year. So when I reflect again at 32, I'm like, hmm, what is that going to look like? And so I guess it just, it, it just feels that way because not because it's because of, of the environment. Um, like you're, you're still, you're, you're still, you're, you're more responsive to, to the changes in like a more consistent way. And versus it being like, Oh, like you're all over the place. I'm not sure if I'm articulating that right, but I, I feel like there's a little bit more of a, a sense of like peace about what I'm doing, yes. even though the rest of the world's just all over the place. Yes. No, I totally know what you mean. And you're also, I know you're also going to be the 80 year old that still has that whimsiness, uh, very like playful, adventurous attitude. Like, I just can't, I'm so excited to see you at, at that age. And, and like, you're still got to be like showing up to recess events, hopefully probably handing it off to somebody else, but like yeah, excited and, and participating in what we call life. So, yeah. Yeah, man. It was, um, um, uh, Tyson, it's been an absolute blast having you on the show. I yeah, love this topic. It's, it's definitely something near and dear to my heart. I overall have got, have taken the sense of combining wellness and play and piecing them together. And also this aspect of social ability as well. Like I know, I think we talked in our first conversation too, there's a time and place that you go hit the gym and you work out hard, but then there's also this, this place that you can get wellness, fun, and um, a sense of social um, all all wrapped up into one. And I feel like that seems so much more 
at ease with with what I'm mm. I'm trying to get with with life. So thank you for instilling that value. If people want to check out um, Recess Calgary, they can go to recesscalgary.ca. Um, if you are in Calgary for some reason, go check out the the website and and see if uh, Tyson's got an event coming up here. I think it'd be so fun to go. I do actually have a couple Canadian listeners and um, we have some mutual friends that are both in Calgary. So um, mm. maybe they'll check it out after this. But um, from a broader perspective, if people want to connect here, what you're doing, where can they go? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm also like, yeah, recesscalgary.ca. I mean, it, yeah, you can like connect with me that way. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, you know, my name, Tyson Bankert, uh, if that's something that we'll want to do. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like there's, and yeah, that's, I guess, ways to like connect with me. I'm always open to like meeting new people because you never know where, where it goes. Similarly, similarly to like the ways in which we meet. And I think that's also been like a huge thing. It's like go out there and like meet people. Just like be, be, be available and be present um, in, in spaces. And I know it's been hard lately, but I definitely think like that's where I, I get momentum as well. So the opportunity to teach a 16 week class on, to a group of graduating college seniors on a topic that isn't normally covered in the classroom. What would you teach and how would you teach it? So this is like, I'm going to like do a whole like left, tur- like a far Go for left turn here. I love that. Cause I actually, you think like, oh, like he's going to do something about play or whatever. And I, <laughs> it doesn't sound like I, so I'm someone who's like already done, done my taxes. <laughs> uh, and uh, the deadline's May 31st. Uh, so like, I'm someone who like, that is something that I feel like is like super important, not taxes per se, but like money management is something that I think is, I know you've talked about it on your podcast before uh, with, with different folks who, you know, are more experts, I guess, in that. But I think like that would be something I would do, but it would, it would be in a more fun way. It wouldn't be like, here's how to do it. It's like, like, let's like, think about like, this is like a huge part of our life. Like, let's think about what this all means and looks like and finding ways to like, I love facilitating. So I would fi- I figure out a way to how to like help people not think about it might be like the relationship to money. You know, it, I, I'm, I'm never surprised by when I, I've, I've talked a lot more with friends about money in the last couple of years uh, who are my peers and around the same age group. And I'm always really surprised at each and every one of them who have a very different take are not thought of certain things are thought are really are into certain things when it comes to their money that I just, I thought everyone was kind of doing what I was doing. <laughs> and so I think more conversations about that. It's probably the most given answer on this podcast, something in the personal finance mm. space. I feel like I am guessing the Canadian education system as just as atrocious as preparing us for the world of personal finance totally. as oh, the U.S. is. <laughs> like, yeah. did you take yeah. any specific classes on on personal finance? No, no. Like, and it's 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 by design. I think I don't know why, but it's totally by design. And uh, I think that there's something to be. Yeah, no. I've always just been someone who's like is a saver, and I've always worked. Like, I've always had. I've always I've just always been working. Um, and so like. This isn't, this isn't a brag or anything, but I think about it like, and it's actually, it, it, it frustrates me actually. This is primarily, there probably hasn't been, outside of going on vacations and stuff, probably hasn't been a day where I just, I'm not doing, like performing some labor. And um, I feel like that's like, oh, like that's so frustrating. But what it has allowed for me to do is like be in a place where I, like, I can, ha- I can, I can not feel maybe so oppressed by it. But by that, I just mean like, yeah, but no one, no one ever told me anything. No one was like, do this. Like, check out this, like in the banks, like I don't even start it, but like it definitely, no, Canada, I don't think is any better off. 
Um, if anything, we are, are worse in some ways. Well, lucky for you, I am tackling that, to- that topic pretty frequently on this podcast. So yeah, hopefully are, yeah. some, some, some 20 somethings feel some sense of empowerment and, and just giving control back because uh, as much as we hate it, money does play a pretty important factor in the decisions and the flexibility that you have in your life. Totally. So yeah. um, like you, I'd like to spend the time, I'd like to spend my time how I would um, enjoy and I'd pick and choose how to do that which totally. is a huge, important driver for me in terms yeah. of figuring out my personal finance. So Coach T folks, uh, super excited. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Check them out. That is recesscalgary.ca. Tyson, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Thanks, Justin. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like this conversation today, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified about new episodes. If you want to connect with me, send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Justin Lee Peters. You can find show notes with links to everything we discussed today at justinpeters.co. This episode was produced by Gabby Dimeke. I'm your host, Justin Peters. Thanks for tuning in.